Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello and welcome to another episode of Executive Presence Morsels. This is facilitation week, and today, this week we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is facilitation. It's something I love to do. Um, every time I do it, uh, I get a, a sort of a, a great inspiration, and typically I get a good response as well. Um, so I really love to do it and to enjoy uh, sharing with you, the audience, as well as helping others become better at facilitation, because at least what I've experienced in, in my career and environment um, good facilitators are actually few and far in between. So the topic we're going to talk about today is you have 10 seconds. You have 10 seconds. And what I mean by that is you really only have about 10 seconds, and maybe I'm being generous, maybe it's less than 10 seconds, to really grab an audience's attention and set the tone for the rest of the presentation or facilitation that you're facilitating, right? So by facilitation, I mean, you know, you may not be um, the main speaker, you may be interviewing someone, or you may be emceeing um, a different event, but, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of the talking, and often you'll be starting or kicking off uh, either the whole event or even, you know, the segment that you're in charge of. And how often does someone start talking and people are not really listening? Right. And it's almost like they're, they're struggling or straining to get people's attention or they have to drag them kicking in screaming. And eventually somehow people settle into that mode. Um, and then you get going. That's not the optimal result. You really want to grab people's attention within the first 10 seconds. So why does that happen? And how do you do it? So I want to talk about two uh, ways, two simple ways that you can do it, and then one thing that uh, shows why it doesn't work, and the, and the two ways that do work will sort of illustrate why you know that third scenario doesn't really work. So the first one I'm going to call is the jab, right? So by the jab, if you think about a jab in boxing, um, it's not a super duper like loading up with all your power punch, but if you get hit. With a jab, it's going to snap your head back. Like, it's going to wake you up. Like, it's not a soft kind of, you know, tap. It's actually designed to keep people at bay and keep them at distance. And it's actually going to wake you up, especially if you weren't expecting it or were trying to avoid it and you get tagged by it. Now, what does that have to do with public speaking? What does that have to do with facilitation? Well, one way to get your audience's attention is to um, say something unexpected, right? To surprise them, to... Um, and it doesn't have to be like a painful thing. You know, jab sounds pretty painful. It could be a delightful thing, right, that they're not really expecting. You know, you could say, you know, today you're going to learn how to, you know, retire at age 30, um, you know, in the next five years. And like people were like, wow, that's amazing. I want to learn more, you know, about that. Or, you know, today you're going to find something really shocking out about the CEO that they were embarrassed to tell you, but uh, we got their permission. We're going to tell you anyway, right? Or we didn't get their permission and we're going to tell you anyway. Everyone's going to be like, wow, what is that, right? So that jab really um, 
knocks people out of their complacency, knocks people out of their phone screen, knocks people out of whatever they're dreaming of or thinking of in the moment and into your moment, the moment that you begin facilitating. So that's one principle or technique uh, you can use. The other technique is um, a little subtler, um, and it's more like pulling people in. So instead of jabbing them and snapping their head back, it's more like you know, you're intriguing them and pulling them in. So you're not having to literally like pull them in with your hands, but it's almost like because of what you're saying, they're like, whoa, I want to learn more about that. So the metaphor I like to use is um, when you're really engaged in a movie or you see something that's really interesting, but you're not quite sure what it is, what do we all do? We lean forward towards the thing, right? So that's what I mean by, by pulling in. So, you know, you'll see this in a gimmicky way. I'm not a huge fan of this because um, it's been overdone and it feels to me like more of a gimmick if you don't sincerely, um, you know, if these words aren't sincere. But you'll hear people often start um, presentations or facilitations with, you know, I have a confession to make or I have a secret. Right. And at this point, you know, based on all the facilitations I do and presentations I've seen and trainings I've gone to, I feel a little manipulated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yeah, it's not really a confession. You fabricated that and you came up with that. Like, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel authentic. Personal preference, it turns me off a little bit. Um, I feel like, you know, just be real with me and be effective. You don't have to try to use a gimmick to manipulate me. Now, that being said, um, the principle applies that if you share something that is really interesting to the person, um, and typically it'll be a little bit out of the ordinary, um, that's going to pull them in. It's going to pull in their attention. Now, both of these, the jab and the pulling in, sort of lead us to the principle of why these two work and why um, just going with the standard issue opening tends to be difficult to work. And that's because when you are facilitating you basically need to get people off balance, right? Before you start talking, they were doing something else, right? They weren't waiting to pay attention to you necessarily. Most people, they were perfectly fine doing what they were doing. They were totally on balance doing what they were doing. The key is you have to get them off balance, right? So whether you jab them and surprise them and knock them back and they're reeling and they're off balance or whether you pull them in a little bit more gently and now they're off balance because they're leaning in towards you. That's the principle. That's the key. You have 10 seconds when you're facilitating to get people off balance and then to hook them and then to continue that engagement. That will really help you in your next facilitation if you think about the first 10 seconds that way. And bonus tip, what I always do, I commit to the first sentence that's coming out of my mouth and I rep repeat it over and over and over and over again. Not, hi, my name is Joe Kwan, I'm from KPMG, but whatever sort of hook or you know jab or pulling them in, whatever that thing is, I make sure I don't stumble, I commit to what I'm going to say, and I just go for it and say it with conviction. And you'll be much more effective if you do that rather than trying to make up something on the fly. Preparation um, can often really help with your success in these sorts of things. Well, what I'd love for you to do today is the next time you have to speak, whether it's um, a planned speech, whether it's Toastmasters, whether it's a facilitation, whether you're interviewing someone on a podcast or being a guest, um, think about how 
you are perceived in the first 10 seconds? What can you do to really grab people's attention in the first 10 seconds? Don't leave it up to chance and don't. Don't spend too much time with a standard issue introduction saying, hi, my name is so-and-so, I work for this sort of... That's expected. That keeps people totally on balance. Even if they're paying attention to you, they are not off balance yet. So you can start with that, but you have to very quickly transition into something that gets them hooked and gets them paying attention and wanting to listen to you. Well, thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. shared a great idea only to be ignored or have someone else take the credit? Why do some people consistently seem to advance faster? Have you ever implemented performance feedback and expected things to change, only to have a new hurdle placed in front of you? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. After years of coaching clients and while writing my book, Unlock Your Executive Presence, I discovered executive presence is the key to unlocking but what is it? How do you get it? And can it be taught? In my online course, Executive Presence and the Diversity Dilemma, we explore how executive presence works. You may be surprised to learn, as was I, that it has nothing to do with what you say, do, or wear. Most courses fail because they only teach you how to copy executive presence. We'll start off by revealing how it actually works which is based on how you make people feel. Next, we'll explore the six degrees of executive presence, which will help you generate it on demand. Finally, we'll cover how to make your authenticity an asset, the power of introverts, and generating executive presence in virtual meetings. If you are a high potential professional with the skills to advance, but who is struggling to get the right attention, then this course is for you. The first module is free, so join us today on udemy.com so you can be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome back to Facilitation Week. We're talking about one of the favorite things I like to do, which is facilitation. And maybe in today's virtual world, you'll be getting more opportunities to facilitate meetings or events as well. Um, I feel like there's a certain democratization now that we're virtual, where maybe in person they wouldn't trust just anyone to do facilitation. But now we got to spread the love around and, and you may be getting asked to do facilitation 
duties much more um, than before. Even if it's not formally called facilitation, whenever you're hosting a movie, uh, hosting a movie, <laughs> whenever you're hosting a meeting um, or in charge of something like that, you are effectively facilitating, especially when you're not the only one talking, right? If you have to engage other people or there's a guest speaker or you're switching roles, you will be facilitating. So today, our facilitation topic is good surprises versus bad surprises. And good surprises are good, and bad surprises are not so good for facilitation. So what could be considered a good surprise? Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence Morsel. So.